It's funny, um, I think Larissa, no, uh, Marissa posted that on Facebook the other day. And it was, what was crazy about it is that me and Lana and the kids were sitting down. No, what was crazy is that we're we're setting the table for all the kids, whatever, about to sit down and eat. And so, like, I got, like, the getting jersey in and Lana's next to me, like, getting somebody's plate made. And then she goes, hey, when we sit down, I want to go over three things. Um, today that we were grateful for that went good during each other's day. And I was like, Yo, I'm sitting here thinking the same thing. And then I, tur- I go to Facebook and, and uh, Marissa had uh, posted it. Who? Melissa. Yeah. She had posted it and I was just like, what the heck? That's the thing. But it was great to hear the kids like go through their day or whatever and stuff and, and everything and you know, so. Like on this thing, you just do every day, yeah. you do three things you're grateful for, three things you're excited about yeah. on the morning and then the evening three things that are that were wins today and yeah. then three things how you can improve straight up it's so simple What songs y'all want to play today? Sports songs. I'm playing basketball. (laughs) Basketball. What up, live people? What's happening? Yo. Man, I look white today. But All right. It is. We got our life back popping. Cuckoo. I'm looking like I'm out here looking like Michael Jackson on the joint. Scoots over. Oh, does anybody know the the internet? The new joint? No, he's like new internet. No. No, 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 but you should, you still, you should, it's still picking up Jeezy though. Yeah. Yeah, you still rolling. I just forgot. I, I forgot we got a new joint. Can you go sideways with that thing? It jacks it up. Yeah, I still got room over here, Phil, if you want to scoot around. You need to come this way. My head is so, my head is so big. Turn it, yeah. Yeah, put, yeah, there you go. Boom. You on the money. We're playing fast. To my live people. I'll be able to read your comments right here on the laptop. So 
So I'm keeping an eye on you. We popping. We about to get it rolling in. You know what I'm saying? Right now. Y'all just let me know when y'all ready to go. Y'all ready to roll? Ready to roll. Rolling. Microphone check. One, two, one, two. Philly, how you, where you recording from? My Facebook live. No, no, on the, the audio. I already pushed it. We, 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 we Who's, who, you did on another computer? I thought you always did it from yours. That's why. Uh, no, we use the, the computer in the back. Oh, for shiggies. Yeah. All right. Y'all ready counters in? Who got the yep. time? Here we go. And. I get it. Oh, yeah, let's get that time popping. We got a song. Let me get a crispy LaCroix popping. LaCroix bad boy. Here we go, D LaCroix. Willie Clee, what's happening, bro? Salute to you, man. You know what I'm saying? My dog back from, you know what I'm saying? The school days, baby. Hood. I got some new music coming for the hood, man. Make sure you pick that up. Trisha and Lois. Lois said, boom, perfect. So when we backed it up, it's perfect? Okay. Boom. All right. Boom. Trish, what's happening? Boom. I right, here we go. And on him. We ready? In five, four, three, two, whistle. Boom, 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 boom. What's going on? This is the Ville Radio Show. You are now rocking with us. You know what I'm saying? You already know what it is. Pure Radio 103.7 FM, 1320 AM. This is one of your hosts, Jay, a.k.a. Julioli's in the building. You know what I'm saying? It's a good day to be alive. I got my co-host in the building with me. Fellas, what's cracking? already know we're doing good over here baby <laughs> we're doing good over here we about to talk about one of the faves so you know i gotta bring that sicker to him one time we doing nice over here to be a radio business you know what i'm saying so that's where we at <laughs> every time phil talks it seems like he just woke up i know <laughs> phil, hold on phil did you even say your name when you were speaking oh y'all know what it is it's your boy big philly yelly peasy DZ right there from the east side of the treesies. Okay. And that's where we at, baby. You know what I'm saying? Let's straight go. Up, straight up. All right. He's always sleep talking. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> I want to know what Jalen hears when Phil's sleep talking at night. <laughs> I don't want to know, actually. <laughs> anyway, Jay, Phil, my name's Jeremy. I don't know if y'all know that. Good to meet you, man. Good, Good to, to meet, meet you, you, sir. Glad to be here. Glad, Glad to, to be here. here. Glad to have you on. Glad to have you, sir. <laughs> All right, so yo, listen, we back in the, you know what I'm saying, we, we, we back in the cockpit, whatever, this week for the Ville Radio Show, and, um, you know, change, you know, the, the recent events have led us to go to this Kaepernick conversation. Let's, let's talk about Colin Kaepernick or whatever, you know what I'm saying? We, we, we on Pure Radio or whatever, I imagine this type of conversation doesn't really come up, um, you know what I'm saying? And so there's a lot of racial stuff going on in the country and all that. Um, I think the, the, the church is very much in the crosshairs of these conversation um conversations i've seen you know then we got you know charlottesville going down and race is in the middle of it um and so it's crazy how this conversation is bringing um i think it's bringing a lot of unity for some people yeah and then it's bringing a lot of division for some people and some establishments that have existed with this kind of false unity in place right but nobody's having uh we're doing exactly the opposite of what the Bible says and we're actually moving in flattery and we really don't know our neighbors and we're not experiencing fellowship because we actually won't walk into the light about where we really stand. Right. And we make some of our structures be where, hey, you walk, talk, and act like this and then we can all get along. And so we have this surface unity, but this really deep um, division and this deep tension that's underlined. And I think a lot of these conversations have brought 
these conversations to light. Like, you know, and so just to give you an example of what I'm talking about, um, I've been watching on Facebook as some of these conversations from Kaepernick to Charlottesville and different, you know, even when Trump was coming into office and there was a lot of racial tension boiling up from that, I'm looking at even some of the churches I know, some of the leaders I know, and their members starting to go at each other. Been, been together for 10, 15, 20 years, yeah. always have kind of claimed diversity and everything else, but these things have baited out what's, what they really, really feel. And, and so it's like, I didn't know you were that white. I didn't know you were that black. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, so, and it's like now we're having to try to reconcile this stuff and, and work through it. And right. for some people, they're hitting the doors and, and they're not going to work through it and try to find unity through the gospel or, or through hearing each other and understanding each other. And the joint's getting ugly out here or whatever. You know what I'm saying? But I don't know. I think it's something that's necessary because it's not benefiting the church for us to play the game at all. And so... Yeah. But Kaepernick plays into this whole dynamic because Kaepernick has got the whole NFL billion-dollar organization. Multi-billion-dollar. Multi-billion-dollar. Heaven has made a profit consistently since the merger. Period. Period. Merger was 1979. Something like that. Has, has always made a profit. Never hit even. Never None lost money. We in the green. In the green. Literally. There's a lot to say that I think about when the NFL, but because even beyond Kaepernick, I think, you know, we're on pure radio. Yeah. So how does Kaepernick and the gospel fit together? Yeah. You know, that's, that's the question. But I think even beyond Kaepernick is like, how does, if, if you were to say in America today, the biggest thing on Sundays, not church. No, no longer. The biggest, the biggest, uh, Sanctuary on Sundays are NFL stadiums yeah. that pack it out. Yeah. Yep. And people watch it at home every Sunday. Like, there's guaranteed, now this is a Jeremy Shirky fact, so it could be false reality, but I don't think it is. More people. Alternate facts are in right now. They're in. They're, they're hit. So more people watch the NFL than listen to sermons on Sunday. Mm. Uh, no, you you on point. Yeah, yeah, that's a fact. So it's like. Facts. What does that mean? Yeah, you, you, know, you know what's crazy to me, too, is like whenever I go to a game, like especially in a city like Jacksonville that is so deep with racial tension and division, boy, we come together for that game. Oh, yes, mm-hmm. somebody. Boy, like, like all, all the racial tension goes out the window, yes, straight sir. up and down. I talk to more white people at the game than I have in the last 10 years. Yeah. Period. And at that moment, you, you know, that's, that's one of the hard parts about you know what I'm saying? The you know, sports and the NFL is like you're sitting in a stadium with a bunch of people and we're all spending our money together on something that we love and enjoy. But once we leave this place, there's no there's no there's no life being done together. It's a possibility that I wouldn't even speak to you if I saw you like I got like I I I've been a season season ticket holder for four years, right? So I've been sitting by the same couple for four years. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And when I tell you we rock together, we <laughs> rock together. We family. We family. You know what I'm saying? The, the husband and the wife, they come. You know what I mean? And, and what's crazy about them, if I see them, I'm going to give them a biggest hug. I don't know their name. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they think about uh, spirit, like religion, spiritual-wise. And I mean, it can look... 
it could be a good thing, but what I'm afraid of is, is that what has happened in my experiences, you know, coming up and with what has been going on within this country, it's just like what you said, Jay, you have a, you sit down, you've been cool with a person, then you have a conversation with a person and they look at you like, I didn't realize you was that black. Kill them. I didn't realize you cared that much about your people. <laughs> and we'd be like, I didn't realize that you didn't think I should care that much about my people. Yeah, 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 you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. And it'd just be like, you know, it breaks the morale. So, you know, for me this year, my, my the morale for the NFL has really been broken. You know, y'all know me. I used to be pumped, ready, do them, get my thugism intact. Game one, September 10th. I usually, you know what I'm saying? Not even, you know, I leave church. I do worship. And I'd be like, hey, I'm out of here after game one because I got to go get ready and get things because it's game one. We're going to start docking your paint, too. <laughs> and on game day, I'm going to be told, on you just because hey, you just told on myself. I just actually just told on myself on game one. I'm going to do feel, it game where's one. Where's Phil at? It's game day. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? It's game day. So usually game one, I usually go get myself, you know, just ready. You know what I'm saying? But I, it has not been the same this year for me approaching football season because of all that has gone on, all that takes place. And let's get like, and the NFL protests, that's that's been the major thing. So let's get to that. So Hold on, we got the whole show to get to that. Let me okay. ask you one question. Okay. What do you think it is, like, maybe it's not you specifically, but I'm sure some days it is. What do you think it is that makes us more excited to watch a football game than to be a part of a worship service? Um, I think it's the the competitiveness that comes from it. You know what I mean? The, the, like just the adrenaline rush you get from feeling like you're a part of something. Mm -hmm. Number one, if you're a season ticket holder, you really feel like that. It's like, it's my team. Right. It's ain't Shark Khan's team. It's my team. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Jaguars belong to Phillip Burks. Yep. You know what I'm saying? I might as well be signing them checks. So that's how you kind of feel. So it's just like you want the best for the organization because, number one, you realize what it does so much for the city. I think I love it so much because of what it does for the city of Jacksonville. I think because I'm just a city boy, Duval County, I love Duval County. I think because of what it offers to the city, that's why I think I love it the way I do it. Because, I, I mean, I was a San Francisco 49er fan before Jaguars even came into the picture. Jaguars got here in 95. I've been watching football. The first the first team I ever watched play football, uh, well, besides Florida State Seminoles, which is that's my college team, was San Francisco 49ers. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I could still like San Fran, but I don't even care about them no more. It's like I'm Jags bread. Period. Yeah. Period. Lose or win. Lose or win. Yeah. And I think it has more to do with the – the, the just the dignity that comes out of being in this city. So yeah. Yeah. let me let me add to that too, sure, to yeah. answer your question. Like one of the things I think too is because like I was just helping a dude across the street jump his his, his uh car and he was saying to me, he was just talking about like he's been coming to our church or whatever and he was just like, Man, you know what I what I really like is that, you know, you don't dress up. He's like, you know, he just dude look like he's probably in his fifties, fifties mm. or whatever. He's like, Man, I don't wear suits. He's like, and I'm tired of going into churches, and I and to to be a part of it, I have to assimilate into wearing being this suit. He's like, I don't do that. You yeah. you you allow me to come as I actually am, and I just say I don't need to wear a suit to hear the gospel. And so I'm saying all that to say is like with the game on Sunday, like people. 
They come as they are. So. They scream, they get crazy, they gonna go no, knock back a, a couple of beers, um, you know, fist bump with, with people they don't even know. Yes, and in that moment, I think we get a sense of that euphoria that comes from having unity with people mm -hmm. or whatever, and the walls being down or whatever. It's like, you know, like we were talking just on the last show, we were talking about how when you walk in the street today, it's so much tension, you know, and you know, you go to a gas station and people pull up with rebel flags, it's not even like, hey, you on your thing anymore. It's like, you don't know what's gonna happen in that moment, no. right? But like at the game, that joint don't even cross your mind. <laughs> it's like, yo, we here for the, for the, for the, for the, that was, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we 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 here we here for the Jags. Right. Yeah. That's it, and that's what we all know at that moment. And I think church, um, in our tradition, sometimes we it, it's you know it'd be nice for us to celebrate and say we're all here for Jesus, but like it it seems like we're all here for some type of traditional thing and yeah. to appear to be something, and it's actually not relaxing and freeing as it yeah. should be. You know. Yeah. So I mean, because to preface, a lot of times I feel more excited to watch a sporting event than to participate in a worship service, mm -hmm. which seems ludicrous and is not new. Yeah. Like, even in biblical times, you want me to switch? Yep. Check, check. So even in um, biblical times, pastors would be talking about, you know, why do y'all obsess over the Colosseum and the games and not see what's going on with the church and what's going on in reality. So, like, people would be missing church, quote-unquote, whether it's at people's houses or whatever it is, mm -hmm. to go to the Coliseum to see people, you know, fight bears, be on chariots, whatever. Similar thing. Like, today, football is modern-day gladiators, whatever. Yeah. But, like, even hearing what Philip said, it, it doesn't make sense because the Jaguars win the Super Bowl. So what? That's always my thing. It's like, I get it. I get the, we want to root for the same cause. We want to be for the same thing. We love competitiveness. And that's, I mean, even the trait more in guys. Like, we want to go to battle. We want to go to war. And we want to see our best people do it for us and cheer them on, you know. Like, there's something in that that unifies all of us. But like you said, Jay, if the traditions of the church is just showing up and going through the motions and not actually realizing we're in a spiritual war that actually matters and that we all need to rally together to push that forward and to go to battle on that yeah. and that we're not even spectators on that. We're actually the gladiators ourselves. Yeah. And if and if I be honest, Thug life. I that's, like that's, that. real, that's real. Th yeah, that real, that's real though. Like, like you, you, that you said something because if I be honest, there have been days where you come in on a Sunday and it's just you're going through the motions because oh, yeah. your mind is set on going to a game. You're right. not even aware that, hey, we have we have entered to, into the house of God and our purpose is to come and worship and right. preach the gospel. And that's somebody in here that life is hanging in the balance. They, yeah. they, like their life is on the line. Um, and why you are concerned about what type of cheeseburger you're going to get or if, if you're buying a drink, a yeah. beer at the game, somebody in life is in here. They, like, they face with some like, – like Houston right now, it, it brings it in all in, into all – like brings it into perspective. Like mm. they having major issues in Houston right now because of the hurricane and the flooding. Yeah. And 
they canceled the football game. And they should have canceled the football game. Yeah. Because it's like at that moment, like like who can go? Who, who, How can, do you get who can go, number one. Yeah. And then number two, who the who cares? Like who cares? at this moment, I don't care, man. Yeah. My See, house is underwater. Big, straight up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. We we riding through the through the streets and boats, brother. <laughs> yes. Like we don't care. We, we don't care. And like right now, the issue is is that game one, September 10th which I think is going to happen. They don't think it's going to happen. The NFL ain't saying nothing. Jaguar organizations don't want to do it. Houston, Texas, they so adamant about, oh, we're going to have game one here in Houston. September 10th going to get here, and you're not going to be ready. Because number one, you got Hurricane Harvard that just happened, okay? You're now, the thing has gone in and come back up. No, so now, now I think it's done, done. But you still got a bunch of water all over the city. Crazy. Okay, you got a week to get ready for Sunday. You're not going to be ready by September 10th, brother. Like, today is Thursday. Tomorrow going to be Friday. And then you literally got a whole seven days to clear out your city, to clear out the stadium, all this, that, and the third, to get ready for a football game. And you're just not going to be ready. And we're going to have to have that football game in Jacksonville. And that's what it's going to be. And for Jacksonville want to lose money, but Houston talk about, oh well, we uh, you know, we want to have this game here. This is what the coach said, Bill O'Brien. He said, we want to have this game here because it's going to give our city three hours to forget about their troubles, forget about their worries, and and, and give them something to look forward to at least for just these three hours. No one even has cable, like the electricity's out, and that's why I'm like. What are you talking about? What are you talking about, man? Nobody is not going to forget no just for no three hours and enjoy no football game. Have you seen the video of someone, uh, a lady, a news reporter interviewing this a lady and her two kids coming into a shelter? And yes. You saw that video? Yes. What was the video? That was yes. real. That was real. Like, they, they were coming into the shelter. And so the, this lady doing her job, uh, I think she was Hispanic or whatever, and this was an African-American woman and her two children. And she's just trying to ask her, like, say, hey, what's going on? How are you feeling? All this stuff. And this lady is obviously distraught. And she just is like, look, I called the cops. No one came for 36 hours. We put up the white flag. We had all this stuff. No one came. And so we finally tried to go out by ourselves. And then someone picked us up and brought us here. And she was kind of going off on it. And then so the lady was like, so how, how are you feeling right now? And then the lady just goes off on her. It's like, I'm sitting here shivering, and you have this effing microphone in my face asking me questions, and she just, like, it's all live on air. And she just, like, she goes cursing her out. And she's, like, trying to, like, stop her to go back to cut. But <clears throat> this lady's going off, like, feeling, like, exploited. Like, my kids are cold. They're soaking wet. Why are we talking? You still have the microphone in my face. And she's like, why would you even ask me that question? How do I feel? Obvious. Like, it's obvious that I have this. And she said, you people are out here putting microphones in my face. You still have this microphone in my face. So you see the ladies just back up. And, 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 and you know how I feel. My ch children are shivering cold. We have no food to eat. You still got the microphone in my face. Like, it was crazy, bro. And, and so she, she probably backs up and goes, as you can see, things are pretty rough out here or whatever. What's funny so, is they cut from her and the guy in studio is like, wow, it seems like this lady's in some uh, turmoil, so we're going to have to cut back in there in a minute. You know, like <laughs> something like that. But what was interesting like about Like turmoil it, in the middle of a flood, yeah. in, in the middle of the Noah's Ark is like, 
is abnormal or so, something. Something odd's going down at the shelter. You know, yeah. people are in a bad mood. Yeah. You know, like it's crazy. It is weird. But what's weird about that whole thing is it kind of just shows like where are people's priorities? Like you're trying to get a story. I know you're doing your job. The news station is telling you what to say. Yeah. But you it's exploitation. Yeah. You're just trying to like get something emotional or horrible on you know, and it's like it's terrible. It's it's it's, it's, it's or, we see it in the media. It's order over yeah. justice. It's what we've been talking about. Where you you heard Frederick Douglass call it out. You heard Martin Luther King back in the day. Like you people are choosing order over justice. Are you choosing safety over justice or whatever it is? And in the midst of trying to look out for you, you've become so desensitized and like you 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 dehumanize other people and you can't even feel you can't even feel what they're feeling anymore. You know, one of the things I, I remember was crazy was when. Um, where was it that they had, uh, I forgot my man, whatever, where they broke his, I think it was Freddie Gray. Was it Freddie Gray that broke his neck going into the ambulance in Baltimore? I believe it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I remember, like, you remember how that got really crazy, and um, you, you had, uh, what's his name? I forgot, his last name is Lewis or whatever. He's a senator, civil rights dude. John Lewis? John Lewis. Mm-hmm. He lived in the neighborhood where it happened. He was in the street, and that's where Geraldo was out there. Right. And, like, Fox News was going really, really hard. And it was crazy because you could tell, like, all of the reporters were being told what to ask or whatever, right? Yep. And these people are going crazy. And I remember, I think I told you all about this. One of the, I've never seen this guy on Fox News ever again. But he was one of their main reporters then or whatever, right? And he has this moment on the air where he flips out on the other people. And he was like, he's like, do you, because they were like, you know, these people out here in the streets acting like animals and this and that. And he just stopped and said, man, do you know the history of injustice in this neighborhood alone right here? And he just started going through it. He goes, they're not acting like animals. They're, they're reacting to oppression. He's like, we need to tell the truth. Like, he, he went in, and they were looking at him like, homie, are you? He was having a moment where it, it hit his heart. Wow. And Geraldo kept feeling like he almost was ha- about to have a moment, but he had to stay strong and cold. And he's and so he couldn't let go of the money. He couldn't let go of the money, <laughs> brother. Check. He's like, yo, if I flip, the checks disappear. And yeah. so, but it's it's that's what we see or whatever. Like we see where, like even with our media and and our news outlets, a lot of them have turned cold blooded in the middle of these conversations. It's just a conversation. They stand on side of it. Their heart is not invested in anything at all. And then they're in a system. They're in a system bigger than them that says, yo, you do what we deliver us what deliver to us what we want story wise. Mm-hmm with the narrative we want and the narrative that makes money mm-hmm. or you're going. And that's kind of like the same narrative when it comes to the NFL right now amongst players, amongst protests, amongst people having a voice. It's like, hey, if you're not talking about the NFL, shut your mouth. And it's like, we pay you enough money to do what we ask you to do. And I'm not going to make the NFL, I'm not going to make NFL about race because it is way bigger than that they don't it it it's all about elitism it's all about not just wanting to be the best white man or the best black man they want to be the it just elite it's they just run the world. they want to run the world it has nothing to do because power the, and money power and money Period. they shut you down for whatever the situation may be case in point Everybody, you know, it's like you got the cap in this situation. But I remember a couple years ago, D'Angelo Williams. D'Angelo Williams, who plays running back, who played running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He also played at Carolina Panthers. How's he know all this? You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm that guy that sports. Y'all get, I possibly did a sports podcast, but I'm not right now. But I will be doing it later. So 
short plug, sorry, on the VL radio show. But anyway, <laughs> but listen, so um, he played running back. His mother is a bre- either a breast cancer survivor. I want to put his mother in the grave. I'm going to just say she's a breast cancer survivor, but I'm not sure. I know she was diagnosed with breast cancer. Right. So what he wanted to do, so the NFL has a week or two where they, they celebrate breast cancer. They make all the teens wear pink and all the different stuff. So he was like, I want to. I got some special made shoes or some other stuff, and I want to wear it all month for my mom. You know what I'm saying? They was like, Nah, bump that. You ain't in uniform. We gonna find you behind, and you're not gonna play. The same month now, he ain't asking for like the the like a whole year. He in the month of October, he just wanted to wear it the entire month, and it was like, Nah, son. Dude's got cleats made. Antonio Brown got special made cleats with his own stuff on it, his own name on it. It, it just, it just, it's the same color as his uniform. He just put his name on it. And it feels like, nah, son, you're not wearing them. So let, let's, let, let me, in, 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 in the vein of that, right, let's talk about Peyton real quick. Yep. Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. All right. All right. So Peyton has... A, a, a pretty serious history of accusations for some things, right? You about yes. to, you 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 about to open, you want to open up them cans? Uh, I'm just I'm I'm gonna open the can <laughs> because I'm just like I'm seeing Colin Kaepernick who is really stepping in and diving into he he, he, he he's he's putting his mo- his money where his mouth is. Mm-hmm. Um, people think it's about a platform, but like yo, platform like you know how much money he's gonna lose with the NBA. I mean, with the NFL playing with him like that, I'm like, yep. it, it's actually it's, it's very sacrificial because he could just shut his mouth and get the check, and that's it, right? So that's not even the conversation. This whole idea that it's about this platform, platform for what to be a target and get shot at by all the people you work with and everything else, and even your co-players or whatever. So and then I'm thinking about if he would have turned down the contract that San Fran gave him to go somewhere else. To, they could have released him, in there, but he decided to stay, and he got that big contract. I'm just thinking about what if he would have never got that big contract? Like, Because he, he ain't hurting for money now. He's not hurting for money because he got that big one, and he was there for like two years, and they had to pay him some insane amount of money for like two years. But I'm just thinking about if he would have turned that down, it's absolutely crazy. But, like, this is this is a boiling pot issue right now. Like, right. this is actually – this is hitting at the foundation of the NFL, for real. Like, this could really shake it in a serious, serious way. Go back to Peyton, though. But with Peyton, though, he, he's, he's drenched in the American flag for the, for the NFL. He's their guy, he's right? The, he's the he's, poster he's, boy. He's, he's poster the American boy. poster boy. But come on, bro. You got you got like what are his allegations and his, his, his he has some serious he had some serious allegations that got um, dismissed. But like yep. in college with like trainer girls yep. and probably even in the NFL somewhat too. And what's weird, and I don't know how I know this, but I know some people that have told me things that he did with his brother Eli just because they knew friends of friends. Yeah. And it was some it was some wretched stuff. Now, granted, it could have been when he was 20, yeah. 21, whatever. And now he's in his 30s. People grow. I get that. Yeah. But at the same time, you got to face the fire. And if, if something's come up and it's real, you got to deal with it. They but people never. sweep that under the rug so quickly. They the so sweep, sweep us. Do, they do the street sweepers. They the street what, sweepers. Is, what did we just read recently 
where the document came out from one of the girls. The was it the court transcript? Yeah, this was before. This was before. This was like year, the before the last year season started to where it came out, and um, you know uh, she kind of brought it to brought it out because it was a book written by somebody. Yeah, um, and and the book kind of suggested that he may have had done these things while he was at the uh, University of Tennessee. Yeah. And they went and... Didn't opened, somebody get paid off or something? Well, the they, went and, they went and had a conversation with her, and I can't remember exactly what took place out yeah. of that, but the information came out, which she didn't want it to come out, but I think somebody paid her to kind of just talk about it a little bit. Yeah. Because they were trying to take him down at the University of Tennessee. Yeah. I think it's somebody that was really trying to go at Peyton Manning yeah. that thought that they was, hey, this is my shot to really be known. Yeah. And they tried to go at the monster, and they got themselves to something that they just couldn't. He's probably home he, right he, he's now. He's protected. Crazy. Oh, yeah. I mean. Did, like, did, nobody's going to let him get messed with at all. No. Nah. He, he, he's too valuable. He's, he's too valuable. To whatever. the cause. To, to the, the cause, cause poster yeah. board. So my he, thing is. Even, he's not even playing no more. He's still. He's still bad. that guy. But here's the thing, Jay, with what you're saying, because this is, this is where my question is as a white person. Yeah. It, I see it very clear. Yeah. Peyton Manning, whoever else, there's been plenty, plenty of times where people have, um, whether sexually assaulted women. Mm-hmm. Physically assaulted women, mm-hmm. uh, even up to murdering people. I'm not yeah. going to talk about Ray Lewis, but I said his name. Yeah, like that's a fact. Yeah, but if they're too valuable, then the the narrative changes. The changes on their and behalf. you can kind of switch up because yeah. they, they give too much money and esteem to this powerful, powerful organization. Now, the question is though, I get that actually from the NFL. That makes sense in a world like that makes sense. The question is. What do the American people who actually support and give their money to the NFL protest against? They don't protest against Peyton Manning, even though these charges have a lot of legitimacy to it, and they just kind of like turn a blind eye to it. But what they're getting fired up about is someone sitting or someone raising their hand during the national anthem. Like, who does that hurt? Yeah. Who, right. who has been physically assaulted yeah. or devalued as a human being? And it, to me, it just is so obvious. That's what I was trying to say. Hey, bring it on. Oh, home. well, let's, this, and then, and well to me, it's so obvious that it's all because we don't value women and we don't value oh justice boy. towards them. Oh, boy. But we value and idolize and worship our country. And, 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 and then. Yeah, and then let's say this. And this is the Ville Radio Show, ladies and gentlemen. This is what we get in trouble for because we say things and we go on things. There's been other quarterbacks that I'm not going to say uh, come from certain teams, black and gold, uh, black and yellow, um, <laughs> that has the, had these same allegations, and nothing has been done to this young man. Um, and uh, Colin Kaepernick still doesn't have a job. But check this out. You think this is crazy. The simple fact of how this country approaches and what we worship and how we go about things. Colin Kaepernick does not have a job, clearly, for his protest, for him just taking a knee for the flag, right? And not even saying anything controversial. And not even saying anything controversial. He hasn't even been disrespectful or... Nothing. Every interview I've ever seen, completely level-headed, not angry. He's not an angry black man. He's not any of those things. Just says, this is what I feel. 
This is what I'm standing for. Yep. Hasn't has literally not hurt one person. And I yep. really be I be wanting to jump. He's through an angry TV. black man. He's just poised. You know. What yeah. I'm saying? And I and I want and I want to jump through the TV screen at the the old coach. Uh, Indianapolis coach GM, I forgot his name, who be on NFL Live, be talking about what well, he threw all the police officers in one bucket. You just don't do that. First of all, old man, let me tell you something. See, I'm not going to even go there. Because, see, I already know how you feel about things because you used to be a GM, and I know what you stand for, and I know what era you come from. But I ain't going to say nothing. But I'm, I hope you see this uh, 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 this uh, <laughs> podcast right here, and I'm going to tell you right now, I'm sick of you getting on the TV talking about this man generalized the law enforcement. No, he didn't. Okay. Even after he said it the first time, he came back around and he said, "I did not, I did not generalize the entire law enforcement. I don't mean every police officer. I mean, and he said this is not even about the simple fact that I want to come at police officers. It's the simple fact that we have not done nothing to vindic to 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 uh, 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 bring justice bring justice to these families yeah. that have lost people at the lives of police officers that were not." There were no weapons. They they were not dangerous. They were not armed. Like all of this, that, and the third. So, and but but check this out. I, uh, let me say this, and then uh, you go. Uh, you keep going off, yeah, yeah, on, yeah. going off. Because because I'm like, cause I'm getting sick of this. You know what I'm saying? And I'm gonna make my peace with the NFL and college football, and I'll see you on Saturday. But if I don't make my peace, I'm turning my TV off. You know what I'm saying? But because I'm I've been feeling like that because Colin Kaepernick does not have a job in the NFL. But two years ago, two, maybe three, two years ago, at the University of Baylor, that was the biggest sexual assault scandal that has been in college football, in football years. It's like a host of football players that have been uh, in domestic assault cases, they sexual assault. Like, it was a huge thing. I don't know if you heard about it. but Yeah. And it getting, brought, and it literally brought lots of jail time. Yes, it brought the entire administration down, from the president to the athletic director to all the coaches to Art Browse. Art Browse was the football uh, coach, and it brought everybody. The treasurer, she she resigned. Like everybody, like gone, like literally, because it was bad. It was so covered up because these students were obviously in a lot of sexual. Uh, um, cases and domestic abuse cases and it was getting covered up because simply because they was on the football team. So these There's already three football players that have ten plus years jail. Yes. That so now we're talking about the real American way. Yes. Yeah. So you got this situation going on. Art Browse knew about supposedly knew about all this going on. He turned his he turned his head. Okay. He knew about all this going on. He has he he got fired and he hasn't coached in one, two years. He just got hired and got a job coaching in the CFL. So now he got a coach in Canada. So he can't get he can't he can't get a job here right now, but he will. After oh, enough time. After enough time. But right now he's coaching in the CFL. I say that to say he still got a job. Like like how? Like he got a job. How? And Colin Kaepernick don't have a job. For something that doesn't hurt. So y'all are like just straight up assaulting women. And he's complicit because he knows, didn't report it. Didn't report it. So so you you, you you really should have a charge yourself. Yep. 
but we're gonna put you back in place. We're gonna, yeah. we, we're gonna put you back on track to get back in power and let this thing blow over or whatever, but you got Kaepernick who is not hurting anybody at all, right? He's making a stand for injustice. And here's the thing, you have the, the, the like, what's my man who said something about him wearing his hair out, wearing the fro? Oh. Michael Tell me Vick. about that. Mike, no, Mike, Mike I want to know about that. Mike Vick. You know what I'm saying? So and that's he, he, here's the thing, right? If you try to act like you love some black folks and see if you don't turn into a tar target, you can't even wear a hairstyle that black people's hair naturally grows in, right? Like, yeah. like, like, like an afro. Yeah. That's how our hair grows. This is the way God made us in His image, and that's the way it actually. Actually grows, but when you talk about um, predominant culture in this country, yeah. it to 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 hold its dominance and its control and power, it has to demonize the opposite. It's white, it's beautiful, black is ugly. That's what we're actually dealing with, and it's so ingrained in us culturally through our TV, cartoons, videos, who our stars are, every single thing. When you look at beauty products, you look at any industry, it is just freaking reeking of this type of crap, right? Where blackness is not esteemed. And the, the darker you are, the, the least valued you are, right? Yep. yep. And, and so you have a, and, and this just shows the hatred it puts inside of us as people. Like we're all guilty of it. You have another black. You have a black man saying to another black, like, "Yo, you need to cut your hair, yo." And for who? Hold on, hold who, on. who am I trying to get approval from? This is the way my hair grows. Like, I picked my joint out. It's a hairstyle. And this is not of people another... in the NFL. White people, like uh, who's the linebacker for the Packers? Uh, uh, Clay, Clay Matthews. Clay Matthews, very famous mm -hmm. for his long blonde hair. He just yes. lets it grow. He lets it grow because that's how it naturally. He grows. got a commercial. Simply because celebrated because his, his hair is beautiful, mm -hmm. and we can we can sell some some. V What's my man um, Sassoon? You met Sassoon? Who's that? Didn't you meet the one dude the uh, the dude with the hair products? Mm -mm. You talked about, about him. Yes, you did. You went to his house. The weird dude or whatever with the ponytail and all that. Where's the all black? Oh, John Paul DeJoria. Yeah, does yeah, he yeah. do hair products? Yeah, yeah, John right. Paul Mitchell hair products. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, that's okay. what I meant to say. Yeah. Anyway, that's a small break or whatever. We just want you to know we global. We be messing with people. <laughs> we mess with billionaires. Yeah, yeah we mess with billionaires and stuff and whatever. So we ain't talking from the cheap seats. But you get what I'm saying? Yeah. It's my man got the hair. It's beautiful, yo. We gonna hit him with some couple of hair commercials. But yo, you pull your fro out, homie. Yo, you got to chill out with all that. Oh, but check it out. That's coming from a guy who just. Got himself out of a situation over his involvement in running a, 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 a illegal dog fighting illegal ring. dog fighting ring, bro. Listen. Well, you had kennels, you know what I'm saying? And see, him and Ray Lewis, I don't understand because you got Ray Lewis, who was once, you know what I'm saying, had accusations of double murder. You know what I'm saying? I ain't for to say this man did anything. All I'm saying is that they had enough on you to charge you with it, and you had to go to court, and you just wasn't convicted of it. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Bring it on home. Keep and, on going. And, and then you got Mike Vick, who literally almost lost his career. Over, over. Well, he did. Over. Yeah. He, 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 somehow he got back because he's good enough. Yeah. He, he, you know what I'm saying? And But they, they ran him through the ringer. 
over some dog over fighting. Some dog. To this day, if he go in certain stadiums, you got what you call the people, Peter, 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 Peter people, yeah, Peter people, yeah, standing Peter. outside. <laughs> Still to this day. Still to this day, standing outside. Well, I mean, it it was pretty bad. They it was found, it like was, a yeah. lot of dogs buried in his backyard from dying in the rain. So I mean. That is its I mean, thing. it's bad, but you get what I'm saying. Like, you got cats out here, whatever, straight, full-blown rape cases out here, whatever. We didn't just, like, I agree. slid it to the side. The, like The value of humans is way above animals. I get that. But, you know, something interesting about this whole thing, I read an article the other day in the New York Times, and this guy coined this phrase, and it's in my head, and it just, it really ties all this together. Because it's like, why? Why are people so outraged about Colin Kaepernick and not about these other things where obviously they should be. But they definitely don't have the same passion to go after it. So this is what this guy said. He, out, he coined this term, and it's called outrage porn. All right? Outrage porn. Yeah. And the whole idea about it is that people, people, the, the two factors with outrage porn, like on computers like when we type to each other, we're just so mad and we got to like show our point and anything just violates what we think is right. And so we go back. Yeah. So the two underlying factors he said is with outrage porn is a sense of you're the only one who's right. Mm -hmm. And coupled with you're being wrong. Are you saying outrage point? Porn. porn. Like pornography. pornography. Outrage pornography. So that you're right and you're being wronged. Not that someone else is wrong. Yeah. But so you're right, and then you're being wrong. Yeah, yeah. And so under those two outlying factors, then it's like we will fight and be so mad about everything, and it's what's dividing us. So, for example, when someone does something that's actually wrong, like something against women. Yeah. That doesn't outrage people because it's just, yeah, that's wrong. But... When someone's standing for something that they don't agree with, they feel like they're being wronged and the fact that they believe they're right. So then they get more outraged at Colin Kaepernick yeah. than something that's obviously wrong. Yeah. But this is what the American public's like right now. We love to get outraged about things that we feel no one else is being outraged about. Yeah. Does that it, make sense? Yeah. It, 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 you know, it's... it's what you're saying actually makes a lot of sense because it makes me think of the responses we get from the news. Yeah. It's like if you hear about somebody on, um, you know, somebody who's in a marginalized context or whatever getting killed or some killings, people get upset over the killing. But when you get to the comments, it's beyond the fact that there was a killing. It was, it was, it, it, it comes into the fact of somebody showing sympathy Right. And, and, and the person feel like you're wrong for showing sympathy. And then this idea that they're afraid something's going to come to their community and take from them as well. And who and shapes that like narrative? The, the media does. Because they know outrage sells. Yep. So if they if they rationalize and made you feel sympathy for someone dying, you'd mourn. But if they make it seem like you're being wronged. Then you get, then you're sharing it, then you're fighting for it, and it's just, it gets and way more views, way more. So I and their brand charges for it. And like we said with the lady in Houston, with the person in the shelter, they're trying to get people like they try and twist a narrative to get people outraged. Yeah. And they try and like shape a narrative, and 
I think that's true. Like all media feels that tension because they have to make their bills and they want to make money. They're a company. We're not media, by the way. We're just we're just uh, three we're regular just, people. Yeah, three guys. Uh, just, we was the camera on? Yes. Are we recording? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. I thought we were just talking. Hey, but it, go ahead, Phil. No, no. But it's funny how the media narrative is so different when terror is at all of our front doors. Mm-hmm. I can think back to 9-11, you know what I'm saying? I can think, I can think back to 9-11, I can think back to, uh, um, what that, what, what, what just uh, happened, and um, I can't remember, but 9-11 is good enough. I can think back to that and how our news was being reported. Oh, it was, it was totally different than yeah. what, that right there. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. You could tell that it's different. Like the whole way it was even approached was different. Yeah. And um, you even had people that tried to make up these allegations about what they could have, and it was immediately shut down by some of your biggest Secretary of State, mm-hmm. you know, Carl, uh, 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 your boy Colin Powell, and, and all and of that, all of them, yeah. even Bush. Like everybody was on the same page. Black, white. Brown, Chinese, it ain't even matter. We yeah. was all on the same page because when it was at all our front door, trust me, it, it gets that, it, that, it, that, that that unity game was in that full unity effect. game in full effect. You see what I'm saying? So, some you, you know what 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 you're saying, Phil? Like you know, sometimes something I think all think about all the time. A lot of our investment in these in the in this division in these things we see happening in the news and how it entertains us or it pulls us knee deep into um, just whatever it is. A lot of it comes out of the fact that, yo, man, we're such a prosperous country that we're like spoiled. So it's like we, 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 we got time to work on being divisive. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, it, you know, it's, it, it's, it, it's absolutely crazy or whatever. Like, and we're just we're 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 really 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 selfish, man. We're really really a selfish country or whatever, mm-hmm. um, on so many levels, and we don't we're very ungrateful. And I say that because, man, like you got the stuff other people are going through in different places are absolutely out of this world and beyond what we can even fathom. Yep. It's what we can you know what I'm saying beyond what we can even fathom. But, but we're putting all our time and effort, saying we're so offended by someone sitting for the national anthem. Like, it's one person. It's absolutely. It's one person out of 300 million people. And another thing is, you know, they call it outrage porn because outrage shoots off the same amount of endorphins as, like, sexual pleasure. So that's why you keep coming back to being outraged and you keep finding more and more things to be outraged because you get addicted to it. You want more and more endorphins to shoot off. So. Even in our brain, we even if we're not processing it, yeah, we want. I mean, we are looking, if, especially people who get more and more extreme. You keep going because yeah. you're an addict, yeah, and you keep trying to find more and more things to be angry, mm. and then you start shooting off into what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny you say that because, like, you know, like when you first, I don't really do Twitter or whatever, but when I first put on went on the Twitter, I guess I like follow some people in a way where like I get every every message they they post. And it's weird because I don't follow it, but like, because I'm seeing and I've had it on my phone for years, like I go turn it off, but I just see these people's message, right? It's just like one or two people. Yeah. But I can't believe uh, the amount of anger and frustration they can keep. I'm like, yo, how do you live in this like 
Like, how you be posting about, like, turmoil every day, all day long or whatever, and that joint pulls us, bro. Like, it's like a natural high out here or whatever. Like, you know what I'm saying? But yep. I – um. Well, I, I, I want to say this because we got a comment. Um, that's my bro, but I'm not going to say his name because uh, – and um, I know what – and we got another comment because they said explain it. So – Say, I think there's another angle you're not seeing it from a fan's perspective. And we got somebody that says, uh, uh, can you explain? We know both of these people, but we're not going to say their name. Boop, boop, what's happening, y'all? So, what's this? but I know. What, what but, we explain? But I know uh, from the fan perspective about the Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick situation. Okay, and I know this guy's perspective because me and him have already talked about it. Yep. So, I'm going to explain a little bit of how he feels. He has some points. I get it, but I don't get it at the same time. Okay. Okay, so... Um, well, I could push back. I push back on it at the same time. Come on, um, drop it, Phil. He said. Uh, he said that. He stopped dancing. Yeah. He said that uh, fans. There are there are, there are some fans that come and what football and that's what I was going to say too at the beginning. And like you said, it's um, you get this euphoria of number one of unity of feeling good, and it's also an escape from reality. So it's entertainment. So he said that a lot of people don't want these subject matters in their entertainment. They don't want to see it in their entertainment because this is a way for them to get away from it. And I was like, that's a good point. I get it. But I also look deeper into the simple fact of what what somebody could possibly be saying out of that. I wouldn't necessarily say he's saying that, but... Somebody could say, again, you want me to be all of these things for you be- simply because I work for you. But we are a partnership. We signed a contract, which means there's services I'm vendoring to you and you're lending to me. You're paying for my services, okay? I am employed by you. Mm-hmm. I am. But I have a option of continuing being employed by you. I don't have to stay we, we, that's why it's a yearly situation. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay, that's why we have to come to the table every year as in the NFL because I may not meet the proper uh, conditioning, body mass, yeah. all of that. Yeah. So, listen, you want me to only it, it brand who you are. I'm my own man. Just the way you want to make money, you're making money off. Okay, so because because number one, you're giving me six million dollars to want to keep my mouth shut, but you're making sixty million dollars off of me alone. I'm not going to help you, and that's why I get guys. Now I used to couldn't stand Marshawn Lynch, but now I get him. I get guys like Marshawn Lynch. I get guys like uh, uh, Richard Sherman that when they go do press conferences because it's contractually obligated, they're contractually obligated to do press conference. But when they go do press conferences. They do it, and they do it in ways that drives the media nuts because they really don't ask a lot of questions. I mean, you see Marshawn got out there. He said, I'm just here so I don't get fined. I'm just here so I don't get fined. <laughs> Look, I'm just here can, so I don't can, get can fined. I, can I jump in on your point? Just, go ahead. Go ahead. First of all, like, what's my man's, what's, what's my man's name, the, the basketball joint, the one dude who was talking about the player? Um, the, uh, they took his team from him, the owner. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, Clippers. I forgot his name. I think it's Don something. Yeah. So. Something. Okay. So, so we, we, I think everybody remembers the situation with the Clippers. But basically, he was talking about his players 
as if they're like these are his little slaves walking running around, right? Right. And so I think and he made a comment about Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson, all right. of that. So right. like they stars us and they and they big money guys, but for him these are his little peasants running around, right? Absolutely. And he he half owns IBM. So he's a multi multi And he ain't he ain't heard for no money. Yeah. Yeah, he, so ridiculous, right? So what what I what I think the public doesn't see is the oppression that exists even inside of the NFL corporation organization altogether, right? right? And so I get your man's point. I get that question where it's like, hey, we want to see him play basketball, but the thing of the fact of the matter is, there's or excuse me, I want to see him play football. There's more than football being played. Yeah, absolutely. Right, like so. We are being Americanized. Yes. The game is being drenched in the American flag. It is. We, we, we are being indoctrinated with these values that prop up their organization and everything else, but doesn't stop to actually see these African-American players and actually n nothing in their reality. So basically, I pay you, shut your mouth, anything that, uh, that, that um, falls on your reality. Yep. It doesn't exist. And you want me to come and perform the best that I can be, but I can't do that when my reality is being affected the way it is. Isaiah Thomas lost his sister. Isaiah Thomas, who played for the Boston Celtics, lost his sister during the playoffs in a car accident. That brother came and played. Now, what I love about the NBA is, because the NBA, they made some stands years ago that now they have leeway to do things. Yeah. They, they speak out, they go do things, and yeah. they don't nobody say nothing to them. And now they got a commissioner who is all for it because of the sacrifices that they chose to make back in 03, 04, 05, I'm not mistaken, where, yeah. they, where they striked, yeah. where it was a half a season and stuff like that. And all I'm saying, like NFL, that's all NFL players got to do. They got to be willing just to take one year. It ain't going to even take a whole year. But you got to be willing to miss some of that money just enough time, and some people might disagree with me on yeah. this because they're going to put in a whole bunch of other things in, and I get it, but, um, oh, we done lost the people. But um, one, um, one, 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 let, me, let, me, let me add this, too. One of the things that's really grievous in the middle of all of this for players that I think because they are made to seem like not human, they're just people running up a field, and we're like, we scream for them and everything else, but we forget they're real people. The fact of the matter is, they don't only contract them for their athletic ability, they contract them as, uh, as face, as celebrities. Right. And so there's nothing more oppressive than somebody saying, go on TV, talk like this, and talk like this, and don't respond to you know, tragedy and, and, and trauma that's happening. Like, I get it. We pay you for this, go do this. But it's a different type of deal. It becomes oppressive at some point because it's one thing if I just walked out and I actually played football, mm -hmm. but this is a whole nother game. This is entertainment. And when that camera gets stuck in my face, yo, I'm not gonna, th that is slavery. I'm not hop skipping and jumping and playing the game, so. And I even get like, and y'all can correct me if I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. But Kaepernick never came out and was like outspoken, like let me tell you what I think. No. What he did was he took a stance that was his right to do. Yep. That it's our freedom as Americans to do. Yep. Who cares? If you if it offends you, who cares? Yep. It's over in thirty seconds. And in the stadium, no one's gonna see it. Everyone's gonna be looking at the flag. Whatever. Now the and problem is 
who are the people that have blown it up? Yep. The media. The media. Yeah. Because now all they're doing, instead of him just taking his stance, they're asking him, tell us more about it. Don't tell me about your play. Tell us more because you got, you know, all this stuff. And so he's just responding. He, he's not even outspoken. Like, I could even understand the NFL coming down on someone being like, hey, you're, you're doing bad for our business because you keep, like, coming out and saying all this stuff. And I, I don't even know. Let's say he goes to the max, like, yeah, I'm a Black Panther. I'm in the party. I actually got my card. Here it is. Like, yeah. whatever. He's not doing any of that. Yeah. All he's doing is playing football, having a right as an individual. And it's not even, an indi- like, not even like, hey, this is who I am. It's just a right that he has. Yeah. You don't have to stand. You yeah. don't have to put your hand over your heart. You don't have to do any of that. But then the people that blow it up, is the media. He's not even being divisive to white Americans. No. Like he's not even speaking in the language that people would would that people would say would be typical for somebody who's protesting in the manner that he is. Which he's because not. here's the fact of the matter. To stand up for blacks and for African Americans and minorities, you don't have to hate white people. You don't like I was with my man yesterday the other day or whatever. I'm inside of a black community, right? And I'm going to a black restaurant on purpose. And so, so he says something about it. I'm like, yo, homie, nobody's coming into this community to spend money in this community. And I said, I eat at white restaurants all the time, but I, I try to be intentional about spending dollars at black businesses because it's going to pay for somebody's kid's book bag and pay bills and everything else. Or whatever. I said, this is not a statement of me hating white people. There's plenty of economical, you know, flourishing going on in those communities. But I know most of the people in those communities are not coming to this community and being intentional about spending money and won't go to, like the media makes all of their myths about the east side of town on the north side. And don't, I, I have white friends that have called on the phone, yo, I'm over here on Moncrief. I don't know what to do. Are you being attacked by some black folks? Like, what's happening? Just drive. I'm just at a light. <laughs> I'm like, bro. One just walked past me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yo, if you don't get off my phone, like, but it's serious, and so that that starves a community economically. So yeah. there has to be an intentionality, and that needs to come from African Americans, and it needs to come from whites and everybody in between. I got white brothers and sisters that go eat up in the hood all the time, don't live in it, but go do it on purpose because they're like, this community is not economically being charged up. And it's a, even as a Christian, it's a responsibility for us to make sure it happens, or we will have crime and everything else on increase because that's what happens when you have poverty all over the world. It's not a race thing. It's a poverty thing. It's a class thing. You take out, you starve a community from economics, good food, anything like that. Yep. You have food deserts in these communities, then you're going to see you're going to see the you're going to see the results in the numbers. And if you look up zone 1 in Jacksonville, you can see the result of People not loving their neighbor well. When people yep. get desperate, they get dangerous. They get dangerous. They straight get up. Dangerous. And now, hey, you know what, man? We done been all over the place today. I don't even know what kind of show. I don't know if people can keep it up with us, but we, we rolling through here or whatever. We've been rolling through. But, I mean, that that's that comment, like, you got you to gotta be willing to understand that, man. People want, they, they get these platforms, and they thank God for the NFL. But the, what you got the situation, like you said, with Colin Kaepernick, he did what he did, and then now the media created this narrative of he's going at the military. Like, I heard so many different narratives created. By, and this man ain't say none of that. Like, say none the, of that. the biggest one was that you disgraced our country 
or you disgrace my husband or brother that fights on the front lines for you. How, how did he do that? I'm yeah. just exercising the right they gave me. That's, yeah. that's what I'm doing. I'm yeah. exercising the right they gave me. So now what you've gotten is, is that we didn't hit a lot of, maybe we could come back to it on the next show, but now you got more protests going on in the NFL. Yeah. A lot more now. You know what I'm saying? And now you got people like Michael Bennett, who father was in the military. You, you even got some white brothers standing and with Cap. And now you got there. white brothers standing with Cap, got bright brothers speaking out, and Rogers just said something about it. All the above, man. Can, can, can I sum this up with a word? Go ahead. What, can I say one more thing? Hit, 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 hit. You know what's crazy? It's like, I even think they're athletes. Same thing with movie stars. They're actors. Yeah. They're not, they're not like intellectual giants, professors, whatever. They, they're just athletes. I mean, why do we give them so much voice and credibility? Like they, I mean, it just, I get it because kids look up to them and whatever. But at the end of the day, they're not paying to like voice their opinion on politics, on yeah. injustice, and they're free to do it. But they're asking all these questions of them like they're experts at it. Yeah, you know, what I'm like saying? they're MLK, the president, all like. And they're criticizing like you explain yourself like we're gonna. You know, it's like, look, it's, I'm just saying. My thing is, if you don't want, it's ridiculous. Don't give it a story. Yeah. If you can't, if, if it's like that, don't give it a story. Yeah. Go ahead, Jim. All right. So listen, yo, this is the Ville Radio Show. We about to clock off. We've been running. Yo, you know what I'm saying? We talking today, whatever. We all in it. Yo, listen. This is what I want you to do. Go to Luke three three or whatever, right? And I want you to look at how John the Baptist is talking about bearing fruit and keeping the repentance. And then when the people say, "Yo, how do we keep in repentance?" and he tells the crowd, basically, stop being greedy and share, right? And then he tells the he, he, when, when, when the when centurion, which is basically police, asks, "What do we do?" He's like, "Yo, stop shaking down your neighbor and taking money from him." When the tax collector asks, "Yo, what do we do to keep with repentance or whatever?" He said, "Yo, stop taking from your fellow man and all that." I want you to ponder through that whatever on the end on the end game of this conversation we've been having or whatever and uh and we'll talk back next week or whatever this is a ville radio show pure radio 103.7 fm 1320 a.m oh yeah kevin be feeling all type of ways Yeah, and my, my question is this right here. You don't have to be anti-American and be pro-justice. Like, the dumbest thing on the earth. Yeah. It's like you just said it. It's like, because I'm pro-black, that don't mean I hate white. That don't mean that. Yeah. And my question is this right here. What'd you, what exactly did you fight in the military for? Like, well, like well, so when, you get, when, you're, when you're getting upset about this, like, what exactly were you fighting for? And how do you see this being... In, in opposition to that, because you 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 uh you 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 fought to hold up the values of this country and freedom of speech is one of them. That's what makes a country great. That we're not freaking communists and we're not North Korea where you can't dare speak or whatever and you're robotic. Right. So we get to say dumb crap out of our mouth and still keep pushing forward and having a conversation.
because I would have definitely. But hold, but no, it's a different conversation though, because white supremacist is based in hating somebody else. If somebody's at your workplace and they're like hating somebody else in it, you'd be like, you have to get the hell up out of here, but like because they're perpetuating hate. His whole stance is not perpetuating hate. It's actually in defense. Like we're fighting over his defense over somebody else. Like his, it should be a non-conversation, even if you don't really agree with what he's saying, because it's like, well, I don't think that really exists. But damn, you're arguing for somebody's right. So, so like, <laughs> why am I gonna be mad? Obviously yeah. But there's white people that think people just say black lives Yeah. Yeah, but. Yeah, they have to iron that out. Yeah, like 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 that swastika stuff, blatant hatred. All like stuff is different. Like it's. I agree. I'm just saying from a lot. There's many people that would say. Most definitely. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that's I think that's definitely the conversation people are gonna have. And my thing is this right here. I don't have a problem with the conversation. Yeah, like, like, like I don't agree with it. We just gonna have to clash and work that out or whatever and stuff. That doesn't. But my <coughs> thing is have the conversation so you can find out what Black Lives Matter. And at the end of the conversation, I guarantee you walk away knowing that that man is a terrorist. Yeah. You would hope. You you would hope. And, and yeah. I, and yeah, my, and my thing is like you know, at times we're gonna agree to disagree, but that's different than being like a person who is pro-black and hateful to white people is a problem. Can't exist in the organization either. Like those blatant, emphatic, um, we have a wall set against the other. Now misunderstanding, we can talk. The misunderstanding is logical. It's not even illogical to me that people will feel that way about Black Lives Matter. Right. It's illogical to me because of my context and where I see it from. But like, yeah, it makes sense if you come from a whole nother context and you've been hearing this all your life. Cool, we need to work to find some type of thing in the middle or whatever. But it's not illogical that people think that. Like, you know, if you've been watching Fox News all your life, your parents have raised you a certain way with and things that you think are reality. We gotta work to peel them things out. A lot of black people think they feel like that. It's oh. a lot of. Oh yeah. I done ran into a lot of my god. Like I, I, my, one of my godparents, he he Fox News. He don't he don't feel no way about nothing how, about how we feel. He, he said like you young black men got here famous, got here big damn culture, got here doing this for yourself. Yeah. Nobody make nothing yeah. to you. Yeah. This is all of yourself. Yeah. He believes like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, man, it's just a hard thing to talk about, man. Because obviously we want to make sure that we address that and say, 
I want to talk. I love them, but sometimes I be looking at. But it's always like the silver lining, whether it's at least one percent good. If someone does something like if it's your side that needs it, it should be you. Like so that's that's the hard part, and that's good for me because then I don't outlier that negative. No, we 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 be foolish to not think that there's a line. There's a line with everything. Like even with, like even on the opposite spectrum of, of. There's white people who are straight pro-white and hateful, and then there's white people who are like, um, I do think we should we need to preserve our race or whatever, and then I'm, I'm not that I think y'all need to die. I'm saying white oh. people should feel like whatever. And so like you know there are there are there are yeah there's there, there have there, there's so like the case in the conversation is nobody's saying black people don't do such as this. They do it just like every other race and everybody does or whatever, right? So the conversation gets off when we start proving this as black people's identity and miss the fact that, you know, all the statistics and the data for, for like, for instance, her, her whole thing with what she's saying, she's completely oblivious to the whole game that's being ran. She can't explain it. Right. So, like, but she shouldn't because she's very of an age. Yeah. Like, so she... She's completely, and I'll tell you what, how long she well, did. Well, well, no, this is what she said. She's not oblivious to it. She's one of the ones that said, we fought for it. And yeah. y'all got no damn business being out here to yeah. y'all off. Because we were not like y'all. We would we, we unify, we, you know what I'm saying? So I tried to get her on So for her, it's the teaching of people that don't get the benefit of the rights that they're not given. Yeah. So right. that's like, so it's just one small together. Yeah. It's like, well, has to go back to the identity of this generation and where we come from. You can't start with putting your hands up that's just your identity card, right? You gotta start with your and the oppression. Listen, just like you said earlier when we was on radio and about the new dude in Baltimore. When you treat people like animals, they will eventually respond like an animal. Scientific facts. Scientific facts. Scientific facts. And I'm telling you, Dude, I was sitting in the freaking White House looking at their heat map for where they had qualified what injustice and corruption looks like. And they had the whole map of the United States for the police department. They're like, what we saw in Ferguson, we see all, we used it as a scale for all of these other cities. And the whole freaking map was red. So you have black folks that have been saying this shit's been going on forever. We can go into the freaking 90s. We can go into freaking OJ situation. We can go into LA getting burned down the watch riots. The story's never changed. People have been saying like, yo, we're getting shitted on for the longest and nobody's ever cared. Nobody's ever cared. Nobody, like educationally, shit on. Bronx, New York, back in the day, freaking what was going on there in Harlem. What the hell? Crack epidemic? We ain't go get no crack. We ain't go get no cocaine. That's the freaking FBI and the government brought all of that crap here, all the guns here. Black people don't even have no structural system economically even strong enough to even bring this crap even in. This, it's been a pillaging of the community since day one. And so when it's like, how did we get here? It's a good question. How did we get here from seeing people willing to walk into a school and get spit on and beat just to get an education to not giving a damn of education? Something in your soul had to get broken down for it to get to where it's at. And that was an intentional 
effort and it's done in plain sight, but it's in these nuances where the American public can't get it. So we're like, you know, why do these people just do this, this, and that? And it's and it, the dehumanization is to go, they're less human or they're animals. Well, that's a hard. You, it's a hard thing to stand on when. It's not just so simple as that's the whole thing. That's the whole thing. And then it's like, and I have one black friend. He comes from the heart of hood. He just shot 14 times and he's a doctor right now. I just had somebody tell me this crap just recently. They're like, he's a doctor right now. So it's hard for me. It's hard for me to understand. And I'm like, one nigga, that's all you got yeah, in your pocket. You got one? One. That's all you got and one. Yeah, it's your work friend. Yeah, it's your work friend. I'm like, I'll go pick you up to a whole community. You, you, you that blind? He, he might have got a lot of the shit in his gap because you're his friend. Yeah. Yeah. Are you not that blind? Are you yeah. that damn blind? I'm like, how close are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, exactly. And I'm like, and I'm sitting I'm like, number one, I know you ain't hanging out with no real hood niggas anyway. So this dude was talking about his car. He's I saw the I saw the movie. They did a weird night. Show. He was like, man, I just want, he was like, man, I just, we just have to be part of our community. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, this 
So he was just like, so he was like, he was like, um, I think it was Bill Gates told him before uh, he started talking about um, things like that. He was just like, um, I, I think I want to kind of do something along the lines um, of being with like a leader that I want to see. Uh, do something kind of major with another pastors. Basically, you know what I'm saying? So he showed me the PowerPoint. He said, you know, you want to see how Man, it took me to, you know, to not hold that balance. 
But the, but the, yeah, I said that song about that. So I said all this. So he said, he said, we're trying to do the racial reconciliation thing. He said, number one, that ain't gonna work. So he said, we ain't never been con- conciliated. We ain't never been no conciliated. Yeah, yeah. He said, he said, to say that we need to reconcile is to say that both parties did something wrong. Yeah, yeah. And he said, we ain't did shit to them. Yeah. He said, all the oppression, all the supremacy comes from our white. From one end. From one end. That's what he they said. said that, uh, right.
it was interesting to have that conversation because I always wanted to know how he really felt. I never knew how he felt. I just knew he, I knew he was on that. I don't want to do this. Like I'm gonna feel the same way as y'all. But I kind of understand now why he didn't feel the same way feel. And but at the same time, I'm like, I told him, I said, well, it's the thing though. I still feel like we still need to say something. I said, yeah, because he's like, but we've been saying something. I'm not gonna let you stand on me because you'll try to shoot me 
down so long. That's I know damn well that's the story. Just because the type of man you is. I'm like, you ain't just starting no church and just fell into where you're at right now and with a mall and bowling alley and all that. And you still ain't even now. And he said, his spiritual father, he's a white man. He's got white in his son. And he said, I have to stand up there. And he said, this is an old one. So he come up there. So he said stuff like this. Sing like, let's bring up the African American. I like to hear them sing. Put your hot sauce on it like the African American. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is his spiritual father. So he said he'd be sitting up there. He just be. He say I got to endure two hours of just book like all these. You know what I'm saying? So he was every like, every like, every <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it was just like you know, like he was he like jiggy with it. Yeah, he was like making all these jiggy. <laughs> 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 jiggy with it. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, this nigga is Brazilian and white. This nigga not even all the way white. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So so he was just like, he was like, I get it, man. He said, I get the call. He just said, I'm just in a different place. And I get it. Even in that, even in that right there, for him to have to, him to have to go under assessment from white people for like where his spiritual health is at, it's another form of damage because. And I know you battle with because you because you were treated like the plague right. by people who now take the crown on what's healthy is, right. and so it's like we, you know, what I'm saying so it ends up so even getting back to your health back. From the you know, and working with the people who are like you know, you know, we see some issues with you. You like, you know, like I've been here with your fathers and your family, and like they don't give a damn about my health. It was like this nigga, we want to stand on your back, and so you have a lot of these black leaders that were having to press forward with only the word and not some of the educational understanding or mental psychological evaluations and assessments that would normally come with a healthy growing pastoral environment because you weren't allowed in the room. And so that brings, so he, like his whole approach to even uh, like saying, you know what, because for a minute, for a long time, he didn't have nobody, like he answered to. But he knew that that probably wasn't good to do. Yeah. He said, I, I can't go that long with that because some, somebody going to come and say something. Yeah. You know what I'm so he was like, I got to find somebody to submit myself yeah. Finding another black man to do that during the time when he was trying to do it. See, his mindset is, and it still go back to what you said. His mindset still is in a place to where you can tell, like, he, you, like, you can look at him and you be like, he's this guy. But when you have a conversation with him, he's very much like his Jesus. He just don't roll like his Jesus. Mentally, yeah. like education and theology wise. Yeah, yeah. So that's why he felt the need. He still feels his his. His theologian aspirations are all on yeah. white men. You know what I'm saying? So he still probably had like when he approached 
having that having that leader, we still dealing with the fact that you know what 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 you're telling me is that he's he's really a thug at the, in the on the outer outer yeah. edges. That's why I think because like even with the way that I feel like he acts with me sometimes, I feel like there's sometimes a I feel like it bothers him that there's not a, a like I feel like he wants to know me. He want to do it. Like I feel like he wants yeah. to know me because I feel like I remind him of him older self, he and does. he doesn't want to be rejected by him him old self. No, because it says something about where he's at now. And what's crazy is on the opposite end, I have this crazy esteem because I see, you know, I see some stuff I don't want to become in him, but I see a lot of that we come from the same place and kind of move. And that's him. the thing, like. It will be. It, it, it's always good to see something like he 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 do he he. Because every time every time he talks to me, he he asks about you, asks what you know, say how you doing over there. And you can tell he wanna just get to know you, grab you, and just help you. But my worry be, and I don't think you would take on to it. But man, hell, we all like I see it happen. You don't want to. I don't necessarily want what has gone through the world of like I don't yeah. want to return to it. Like, yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. The, the, the heart you can you can explore, the mind you can explore, but the overall all characteristics, yeah. you don't want you don't want to take that approach. Want, want that's take that's the sad thing about public opinion is that yeah. it's just with the statement he you, you put the words in my mouth. With with what he was saying about and that's where a lot of pastors are, that's what they do for the good gospel. A lot of black pastors, when it comes to reconciliation, they just, they just like, and, and, and I get why they do it, because of what they went through, yeah. it probably seemed like it's too much, this isn't getting nowhere, and I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose my mind coming home dealing with this every day, mm -hmm. because it's just too, too dehumanizing or whatever, so, but we're in a different day and age, yeah. we're in a different day and age, and also, the church is going to suffer deep with the, the conversations coming forward deeper. Now, that wasn't a conversation before, but the way it's impacting the church, if we don't step up and fight this for the church, which they still should have back in the day, they should have started this shit, even though it felt like they didn't want to get started. They should have suffered what it caused because it was, it, it, it would have, it would have, they should start, they should have been fighting for it. And, but at the same time, I get it. Black church, you had to go do something because you weren't allowed exactly. something, and that, those are the those are the circumstances in it. But I'm not I'm I'm not I'm not letting off the conversation because God is able in His Spirit, He's able to break down the wall of hostility, and it needs to happen in the name for glory and for the sake of the church. And He's more so on I'm gonna empower my people. That's the way I break down the wall. And I was like, that's cool. Everybody got to play their part. We, on the other hand, we talking about it, yeah. and yeah. we're going to play a part. But we're going to talk about it. We're going to point. That's the difference between our culture and yours. Yeah. That's what I told him. He was like, I get it. I got to get it. I said, that's the, that's the whole difference between us. And he was like. We'll be empowered when we truly love each other. Right. Like, when, when, we, when we build, it, 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 we still got a problem with the north side, east side, all up Main Street and all that. If this is beautified and it's a black paradise, but you cross the Brook River, the world is, we still got a problem in our face. But I just think we empower people. So 
then why take them all out for convenience? Let's do that for now. Then we'd be fine. And I think the power that we want to restore is that power of God that comes in us as well. Yes. That is unified and that empowers everybody that's in church and not just one monolithic group versus another. Any, anything, anything else but what you just described? Like, like anything doing it because like here's the thing you see it right now with well you see black like uh, empowerment on the rise with TV and reality shows the morality has been decreasing the depth of absolute craziness not because we're specifically extra evil but because what has been happening in our sectors of poverty and being completely oppressed and ravaged that means being ravaged by pornography at a younger age molestation, homosexuality, rape, sickness, economical All stuff, and then now you give it a platform on TV and like in entertainment and social media. And see, because my, my, my own, the gas on, on evil. Because I'm at a place right now where I'm like almost like if you don't, if you don't understand that that's a problem and you call yourself a Christian, like I'm almost at a point where I don't want to deny your salvation, but man, it's hard for me to know that you understand what the gospel means when you feel like you're still more superior than me as a human being. Now my question to ask is, who are the enemies that are coming against you? Like, if you're a Christian and the whole New Testament, literally the whole thing, is a gospel giving you to unify the Jews and the Gentiles, what's that doing to us? I brought it up just to say people don't come out having a conversation with Matt Bronson. How is that going to go down? Like, how is that going to go down? Matt's like, yes. And what is Brunson going to talk about? Now they, they good friends. You down here with First Baptist, you know, what are they going to add to the conversation? 